0: drink. Radio presents "Once a Lost Lion" by King Jillian. I would just say to young folks, you have to reevaluate everything you've been taught.
1: I would say to the black folks, just because a black person is 90 years old, don't mean they have wisdom, and you need to listen to them. Because if you was dumb and stupid when you was
0: nine, you dumb and stupid when you're 90. And truly, one's a system of belief or their spiritual identification directly impacts on how they relate to others. Yes, yes. So what were the elements of African culture that demonstrated uh, our belief in democracy and true justice in
1: our society? The respect for the family and the assumption that elders had lived longer than others, therefore they were wiser in choices and you created an atmosphere in which the elder Automatically became wiser in making choices because you created an atmosphere where he couldn't be uh, corrupted. By virtue of being an elder, he he got his sandals and he got his clothing and he got his food, and he was a professional thinker. Mm-hmm. And when you when you had a difficulty, you went to him to think it out and to resolve it. He had lived through youth and middle age, and now he's in eldership, so he had learned a lot of things. And yet he never charged you for advice, but you never charged him for the sandals and the food and the clothing either.
0: Welcome to the Wake Up Radio. This is Once the Lost Line. I am King Julia. And we have a special show for everybody today, special, special show. We are sitting here with one of the elders, one of the wise elders, Dr. Richard Williams, author of They Stole It, But You Must Return It. And then our co-host, Jackie Q, The Ultimate Entrepreneur. Now, you can catch the replays on SoundCloud, High Radio, but we prefer you get on OTW2 and check us out there. So, Dr. Williams. Yes, sir. Thank you for being here. I greatly appreciate you. Now, I played those clips, one from Dick Gregory, one from the the brother John Henry Clark. Now, the reason why is because I feel like it's too late in you all's life that we start listening and giving y'all y'all flowers. And uh, it's a blessing to have you here and be able to ask you some of these tough questions and kind of help us get a realization of, how we got here, who you are, what you have done first after that, you know, and and kind of how can we recorrect this ship? So, you know, first let's get into what you've done, where you've been, you know, how did you get there, mom, parents, all of that, you know, and, and, and you know, I'm here I'm one of them kids that everybody's like, boy, you like asking a lot of questions B- because I feel like that's how we learn. But I want you to give it to that bill for me there and uh you know just kind of give us the rundown of you and then after that you know thinking about them clips we just heard and, and your message and how the 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 transference of this you know this pain this trauma has pushed us further away from that and i'm gonna go ahead and let you build on that if you would
2: okay um i like the two elders that you mentioned at the beginning. Um, um, I uh, I have gleaned some information from them. I work with Dick Gregory uh, on a couple occasions and uh, matter of fact, we, we were going to do a, a vegetarian restaurant together one time because I, I had a vegetarian restaurant. I had the first vegetarian restaurant in Rochester and he was interested in health and one of his um, assistants um, and I were working together trying to set that up. But I really respect uh, Clark and Dick Gregory. I I guess you and my parents. My parents were from South Carolina, and it was a migration of of blacks to the uh, the northern part, and some went to Detroit, some to Washington, D.C., I guess, and some to um, Pennsylvania and West Virginia for the mines. Um, My father chose the mines. And so he settled in West Virginia, and I was born. And as a child, I moved to Pennsylvania, uh, graduated um, from um, high school in Pennsylvania, uh, Black Boarding Academy. There's only three Black Boarding co- academy, uh, uh, Academies in the United States, and I was in one of those. I felt privileged. And after that, I went to, um, to college and um, Huntsville, Alabama, uh, Oakwood College. And that's when my, um, my awareness of racism began. I graduated in 1955. Uh, Emmett Till uh, was murdered in 1955, right after I graduated from high school. And uh, that bothered me. And being um, uh, in Alabama... Um, still was sort of sheltered because I was at one of the uh, black colleges, Oakwood College. Uh, But I was part of a musical group, and we were traveling, and we went through Montgomery. Uh, We were not part of the the boycott. Uh, We were a little naive. We were a college student's way off. But we were stopped on the side of the road uh, by policemen, state policemen, pull us over, thinking that we had... um, I guess, brought supplies, and they wanted to put a stop to it. Uh, and so as they questioned us on the side of the road, they asked us questions, and we would say yes and no. There were ten of us. We had two cars. And once they saw that one of the plates were New York State and the other was um, uh, Chicago, Michigan, uh, they um, they figured we'd come down to to um, support and encourage uh, folk from from uh, in the march, uh, they wanted to shoot us because we weren't saying yes sir no sir. I mean, we weren't trying to be belligerent, but that was the way we talked. That was the first time, and Emmett Till just just resonated in my mind, and I knew that um, uh, they could do whatever they wanted to and get away with it. And at that point, I took my position uh, against police, and I figured if we have to if I have to go. I'm going to go down fighting. That was my philosophy. I was a young boy, 18. Then we uh, came. uh, We went to Florida off the eastern coast, New York, out west, and we came to uh, Ohio, Maria, Ohio. We wanted to do a recording. Um, We came in that afternoon. Recording was over about 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Cops were... Waiting for us, they marched us down the street, thinking we were robbers. Berea, I guess, is a white town, and that again put a, a nail into the box of um, uh, me entire police And I came on back to Rochester and um, um, started working. And a mentor, we had, a, we actually had two mentors. Uh, who uh, was trying to lead us and teach us as black men, you know self-appreciation, self-respect and uh, self-determination. And they burned the house down of one of our mentors when he moved out in the suburban area. And that caused us to pull together a gang to, um, to retaliate. And, of course, uh, we are stopped by uh, a lady, Mildred Johnson. She was like the mother of Rochester. She was uh, also a, a um, social uh, ab- advocate, but uh, she was wise, and she said, they're going to kill you. She said, they're waiting for you guys to react. She said, you got to find another way at this point to fight. Like I said, I joined the NAACP. I was disappointed in what I heard. And um, then I went on back to school and um, got involved in music, um, came back to Rochester after I was in New York for a while, uh, worked in the village, came back to Rochester. The riots had started in Rochester, and I was called in into that process. Um, I was made director of uh, one of the social service agencies, um, was also picked Uh, as one of the um, uh, blacks they wanted to educate in in, uh, urban development. And um, I worked um, with agents, and we were doing well until I wanted to get into economic development. And the city said no, and I couldn't understand why they were saying no. So I went on, and so they came together united in a united effort. To get me fired, uh, that was um, the city, uh, social uh, department, of social Service uh, United Way, uh, and the uh, in the city. And so um, they fired me uh, because I wanted to do some economic development in the black community. So that at that point cleared in my mind my position as a black man and. Um, what I had to do. So I, I went back to school. I got um, uh, a couple degrees, got a, a degree in health science. I had a degree in, in um, psychology already. And um, I was um, working at the university, um, a professor and got an a car accident. And while I was recovering, Uh, I was looking back over my life. I had done a lot of things. I'm just skipping through. But the one question that I had was why, as a black man, no matter what you do, it doesn't matter how much money you have, how much education you have, how much experience you have, there is a natural resistance to your growth and development by society, and I wanted to know why. So I decided that I would, when I was recovering from the accident, um, uh, I decided to take three years and um, look at some of the history of blacks in Africa. Rochester has, uh, because of Freddie Douglas, who spent 25 years in, they had the Underground Railroad, a lot of black history is in Rochester. I was. I had access to a lot of material. And from that material, it just blew my mind. It blew my mind. I had no idea what our foreparents had gone through. I had no idea how racist this country is. I had no idea what had happened. So I decided that I need to put that in in, in a book. Because the slavery experience still affects us today, our mindset, um, our habits, and we're not even aware of that. We're not not even aware of it. And so I tried to put uh, something in the book. Uh, The title of the book was, They Stole It, But You Must Return It. I named the book, They Stole It, But You Must Return It, because... White America stole from us our dignity, our, our, our family, just so much. You can only go through all the items. But we must return it. Usually the thief has to return when he stole, but they can't return our self-dignity, and they won't do it anyway. And so um, the book they stole, The But You Must Return It, talked about the slavery experience, and how the slavery experience affects our behaviors today. And because we are not aware of that, we continually perpetuate that. We think it's culture. We don't even know what black culture is. All we know is black uh, response um, to the slave experience. <clears throat> and we learn that for survival uh, um, reasons. So I um, so I started. I wrote the book, and um, and the thing went um, it went it went faster than what I, I had expected. I um, was on 20 national TV shows, including Oprah Winfrey. I spoke to a lot of colleges around the United States, in Alaska, Hawaii, uh, the Caribbean, and Africa, and. Um, uh, worked with, um, uh, like I said, um, Dick Gregory. Um, uh, worked with um, uh, Jim Brown, the football player. We did a, uh, a book tour together. Um, I was um, also Jesse Jackson's um, uh, campaign manager, uh, co-manager anyway, in West New York. Um, I... Um, a lot of social organizations black social organizations have been a part of so basically um, you know okay, I'm, I'm um, married uh, the second time I have um, three daughters uh, I had two sons one died I have uh, eight grandchildren um, two great-grandchildren um, so that's and then of course my wife died after we were married for 47 years. She died the first wife, and I married another wife. And so I'm now I'm now I'm, I'm located right outside of Atlanta, and I decided to uh, revive the book. They stole it, but you must return it. I I got a lot of calls uh, for the book. The situation is still the same. Um, uh, it's time for us to. To move. As a matter of fact, the condition is worse now. We think it's better. It's worse now because we think it's better when it isn't. So I'm pushing a whole philosophy on they stole it and you must return it in the areas of of, uh, any area that has to do with uh, black development, uh, particularly in the area of family, uh, education, uh, health, uh, economics, housing. So um, that's where
0: I am now. Okay, okay, okay. Now they stole it. You must return it. Now how 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 are we gonna get the things that they stole, or how are we gonna return them? Let's build on that.
2: Okay, okay. Um, some of the things they stole, they cannot return. They cannot return yourself dignity, your image your self-determination they can't, they, that takes us to do that but yet the slavery experience tore that down systematically over um, three or four hundred years and uh, we make the mistake of thinking that appealing to white folk to give us uh, what they owe us uh, that's not going to happen First of all, they don't think they owe you anything because they don't think that you um, really are a human being. Um, and so um, we're fooling ourselves thinking that they are going to assist us in that. They're not going to assist us in anything as long as we're looking up and they're looking down. Uh, um And I talk about the process that they use in order to get to this point. But um, um, in the book, I talk about, first of all, I talk about what the black family was like prior to the European invasion. And then I talk about the process that they use in um, uh, dehumanizing the male, the father, the, the woman, the mother, and the child and how that process just goes on and on and on and on and on. Um, I Like I said, I put some of the stuff in the book, but people would be surprised what our parents went through. That's why in the beginning of the book I say, when I see a black person, I see a miracle. Um, No one in the history of the world has gone through, as a race, when we've gone through and come out still uh, strong like, um, you know, black folk are. But there's a lot of um, deficits there. Uh, our potential is not where it's supposed to be. Our, our definition of who we are is not where it's supposed to be. We're defined by black folk, by white folk. And we, we fall into that definition. I mean, we, we, we succumb to that de- definition. Um, it's, uh, I mean, I can, you have to look through the process of change to understand. I mean, to say, to go from A to Z without explaining how you got to Z, um, uh, you lose the, you, you lose the, um, the spirit of what really, really happened. See, when you see, when I see a uh, yes, sir, Mr. Charlie man, Negro today, he does not reflect uh, what the African father and man was like prior to the European invasion. Um, um let me turn this phone off. Um... There's a psychological um, slavery has had a psychological effect on us. That is, that is sick. It had a. Uh, it also has a psychological effect on white folk, and they're sick. Um, we, uh, as black folk, are the only ones that can heal heal this whole thing because white folk are going to look down at us as long as we allow that and right now we do allow that if you look at the way we interact in every area it is a a superior subordinate relationship it doesn't matter how much money you have or how much education you have that the tone and the culture is still there and We have to change that. We need to become what we are capable of becoming. And it just isn't there. Uh, I find it great that you were... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I find it great that you were
0: educated in so many black institutions. Like, not a lot of us had that opportunity. But speak to that education. What was like that black teacher, that experience in education?
2: Well, okay, we go to edu- See, first of all, when blacks came here, they were first defined as, as shadows. A shadow is, is like a cattle. It's a piece of furniture. This is uh, the way the government defined us, not just southern slave owners. You were defined as shadows. That meant that as a slave owner... I could do what I want with you, just like I can with my, my chair. If I want to take my chair and, and take a hammer and beat it up, that's my business. That's my chair. If I want to burn it, I can do it. That's my chair. Um, if I want to sell it, that's my chair. And that was also the, 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 um, uh, the support from the government and everybody else uh, that slave owners had with the blacks because they were not considered as, as human beings. So a human being does not, you don't, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't educate a chair, you don't educate a a a dog unless you educate him to be to do tricks. Um, So um, uh, here in Georgia, for example, uh, um, in 1827, uh, 1827, 1829, um, the law stated uh, in. This, I'm paraphrasing. You know, you can kill a black child, you don't have to give account of it. You can sell him, that's your business. You beat him, hey, it's yours. But, this is to a white person, but if you teach a black child how to read or write, you will be fined $500 and are imprisoned. That's what the law states. Now, you know how much $500 was and uh, $500 were in, um, in 1827? In other words, they were saying his life is not worth it, but if he's educated, that, that's, 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 a, that's a crime. And then they stated that if blacks become ed- educated, they would become a problem to this country if they were educated, and we must never let that happen. This is the foundation of this country in, in, in education. Now, there were laws that made um, uh, some modifications. But when blacks were educated, uh, allowed to be educated, the schools were inferior. Um, they First of all, they didn't want to educate blacks, so they said, we'll give them um, broken-down schools, old, new, old uh, school books, and we'll make it difficult for them. And even if they become educated, they're not going to be able to, uh, to utilize it. And in my life, I, uh, I, I know uh, for a fact from my grandfather and also uh, my wife's great uncle. My grandfather was a college uh, graduate from Penn College. My uh, great uncle, her great uncle, was a dentist in the, in the um, Boston area. He died a poor man because he couldn't practice dentistry, because um, um, uh, in the area where he lived, white folk, he, 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 couldn't, he couldn't serve white folk, and black folk didn't have money for it. So he went into another uh, profession. My, my grandfather became a Baptist minister, even though he was, he was, he was an educated man. Um, so, um, uh, so they made education, first of all, hard, and then made it so it wasn't, wasn't viable. Um, uh then um, uh, they made it uh, so that the books uh, included only European concepts and um, uh, the, the image of Africa was, was was something that we, when I came along, we, we were, um, you know, we were embarrassed about Africa, I, I, you know, African t- of an egg, you know. All you need is one white man to go in, and he can take a whole tribe. And these uh, people running around like savages, and they use the word savages and all that. So that's how we were educated. We were educated to believe that we were inferior, and we had an inferior education. And even today, um, the education is inferior. Except it is better, however, in our black schools. In our black colleges, It's better if we have enlightened teachers who uh, are not brainwashed by the European educational agenda, uh, that's the way to go. That's why I push black schools, push black schools and black colleges. Um, uh, That's one of the ways in which we get out of it. The problem is um, they just give us a watered-down version of the European um, uh, philosophy in many of their subjects. This is I, 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 I am disappointed with the church. Um, uh, the church has an opportunity, since they have a big audience, uh, to really educate blacks on, uh, on our culture, our real culture, and uh, they, they don't do that. Uh, so, um, so our educational system is inferior. And we, we'll find, we've done some studies with um, blacks in education, we found, first of all, that the black, and I, once again, giving accolades to the black colleges, we find that students that go to the black colleges, um, they perform just as well when it comes to the um, to the marketplace. And they stay in school um, better. Uh, students, they go to white schools, uh, they drop out not for academic ability, but because of socialization, uh, the racism that's so subtle there. Uh, discourages a lot of them, particularly in, the, in their first uh, two years. Um, uh, so, uh, your thing about black uh, black colleges black colleges is the best that we have, but it's not where it's supposed to be.
0: That's the rule huh. I mean, my dad always told me. Let me tell you a little bit about me. My father is ninety six years old, and so I got a lot of that old school wisdom from him, and he warned me that anything they ever gave us wasn't good for us. So it, it was one of them things to where, you know, you got to kind of take it with a, a a grain of salt. Now, Dr. Williams, you know, I, I want to ask you some of them, some of them real questions like, you know, you said you studied in Rochester and you know, and all that. You went to black schools, and that's great. And, and one of the questions I would like to ask you is, do you think that maybe some of your shock that came from how blacks was treated was from being in such a powerful black environment? As you said, you got black educated folks in your family went to black schools, you get know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm not sure what your
2: question is. You're saying, are you asking whether or not the, that that is influencing my outlook.
0: No, no, no! Not your outlook. Now I'm asking: like, did that? Did seeing? Or did, all right. Well, did being in those black environments and having that level of black professionalism in your family did it shield you oh, from yes. some of the horrors that were out here?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. and, and, and okay. the main thing that you gain from that is a healthy mindset. Right. a healthy mindset you know uh, where you can you you, you you can deal with this because you know yourself that you're special and you don't let anybody define you and they were, they're always defining us and we're always accepting their definition i i, I, I try not to let it, let 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 that affect me in, in any any kind of way
0: Well, I'm glad that you haven't. (laughs) I'm glad that you haven't. You know, it's just that, you know, I wanted to make sure that we spoke to that because I feel like a lot of our youth, and I know me growing up, I grew up in the South, and, you know, I grew up all around the Midwest, really. But I noticed that I saw some of the ugliness of racism growing up my whole life. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't no shield for me, you know, kind of, acid. I had some levels of black professionalism, but, you know, it was raw and uncut and in your face. And what I noticed from, you know, just my life is that in the South, it's at least upfront and in your face. I have never felt the most uncomfortable racism in my life until I went up North and it was the, the hidden racism. You do you what I'm saying, Dr. Yeah. And, and that that to me was you know where I was from is okay you didn't mess with them you didn't go in any areas and that's just what it was and up there it was the illusion that you had a choice but if you stepped in the wrong area you was quickly reminded that you was in the wrong area
2: and that and that now so, that has become universal in the united mm-hmm. states like you said it, it, you know you had that subtle thing in in the north, and, 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 um, it was overt, uh, overtly displayed in the south. But now it is all over, and, and there are indications as to where they are. For example, I know the, um, young people, um, uh, their response to some of the, uh, atrocities that were going on with the, uh, police and, um, and, and the killings, they came up with the slogan, um, Black Lives Matter. Um, that's not a um, a an aggressive um, uh, um, weapon against anybody. It's 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 a statement of of, of, um, of reality, and so the reaction was the audacity. The audacity for you to think that your life matters. The reaction, that just blew my mind. I cannot understand why they, oh, I didn't, I remember I I told my wife, you know, there's going to be a reaction against that. They don't, you know, anytime black folk try to uh, move into the areas that they should, um, uh, there's going to be a white reaction. My, my problem with, with the Black Lives Matter slogan was, uh, I think it's a great slogan, I don't think we need to try to sell a slogan to anybody except ourselves. I don't need to tell somebody that my life matters. I'm just going to live like my life matters. You try to intrude on it, I'm going to protect it. Because my life matters. I'm not going to try to convince you that my life matters when I know you don't care. And so it's, 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 it's that mindset that we feel we have to beg, we have to plead, we have to always, you know, we always come in with our head down saying, please accept us, please accept us. I am a human being. We need to stop that. We need to stop that. We need to stop feeding because all that does, all that does is just enriches them in their racism. It gives them this superiority uh, position. Oh, you know, you don't say that at this point. I'll tell you when you say that black lives matter. You know, uh, and, 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 and the reaction that they had, uh, and this is something that black folk um, um, uh, need to understand. They know us. We don't know them. They, they, they know how we operate. We know that they're they're devious, but we don't we don't know their methodology like they know ours. But if we look and we and we analyze what's going going on, we can see there we can see clearly their patterns. They um, are not going to allow, particularly for the black male, they are not going to allow any uh, uh, aggressive movement until we as black folk do it. You, you know, ourselves. Um, I remember when um, uh, uh, they were talking about, you know, we have to come up with some kind of policy because, you know, black folk can't get jobs, especially black male. Uh, he's not able to take care of his family, blah, 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 blah. Affirmative action. Affirmative action. What we'll do is we'll set up a system that will allow him to come in uh, uh, to, to make up for. Our racism, uh, policies, and blah, blah, blah. And and at first, it sounded good because they, they were caught off guard. How, what did they do? Well, hmm, we can bring... Let's bring um, uh, women into it. I'm not putting women down. Oh, let's bring the white woman into it. And let's bring... Ah, you, now, the black male is out of it again. I mean, yeah. you, have a friend, you have a white woman, that's affirmative action. Um, then we got into uh, education, um, you know, I studied about uh, European history and, and nothing about African history. Uh, we came here, we were brought here slaves. Every group had the privilege and the latitude to keep intact their culture. I was from Italy, and I wanted to speak um, Italian in my home for three or four generations. I could do that. Uh, if you're from Germany, you could speak, but if, but Africans, we couldn't. We couldn't speak our language. We couldn't. We couldn't uh, uh, use our mores, our our, our, our our religion. All of that was was just stripped from us. So we we are cultural cultural deprived, and and so. That needed to be coming to be included in the education. So we start talking about uh, bringing in uh, culture in the educational system for blacks. Now it, 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 they changed the name to, um, you know, culture sensitivity, and then blah 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 blah. Then it brings everybody in. And right now, uh, the black culture is still not a part of of the process. And now that they they have this critical race, uh, this critical um, Race um, blocking. Um, Now uh, this new um, theory where they don't want to talk about uh, racial things because um, white America does not like to deal with morality. They're trying to get that out totally out of the school system. Um, Everything that starts to move black folk up, black white folk immediately will say yes to make themselves look like they are accommodating but then they get into the process and, and see how they can move us out of the process they do it in housing, they do it in education and that's one of the reasons I was, I was glad that there was a reaction from black folk when they wanted to close the black colleges because that's one of the things they wanted to do um, but um, um, I, 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 I think that we need to um, have workshops and study uh, studying um, sessions on the process of what has happened. Uh, we do need to do some analysis. We need to become men and women. We need to become what we can become and stop being recipients of, of, of whatever the white racist um, uh, population, uh, has outlined for us, and I don't blame folk from feeling the way they do, because when you indoctrinate uh, a group for three or four hundred years the way they did for us, uh, the, the results are, are understandable. Uh, but it is not tolerable. We've got to change, and right now we're at a point where we don't have to um, do some of the things that are. Four parents had to do in order to survive um, we don't have to do that anymore but we have to um, be aggressive we have, to, we, we, have to, we have to learn we have to um, uh, come together a to unit the, 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 the unity is, is is one of our biggest um, uh, weapons and and doing and slavery that was one of the things they wanted to make sure. That that was broken in our system, in our in our psyche. Um, uh, when you look at Africa prior to the European invasion, um, a tribe was unified uh, by uh, the contributors. The more you contribute to, to your tribe, the more accolades you got, and there was a unity of of service. Um, um, and not the capitalistic concept of I'm going to try to um, uh, take from you and, 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 and try to run you out of business. That was not even part of our, our, our bargaining, uh, economic bargaining system. And, and so um, uh, we have to get back to that. We have to start uh, as a unit, uh, the African-American, the Caribbean, and the Africans. We need to also have some, some summits on how um, we need to work together for survival. I mean for survival because of the way the economic system is going and the way that uh, um, China and, and uh, Europe are um, now uh, uh, in the United States on top of the bargaining area right now, which is what was they were like um uh, when they came and invaded Africa. That same um, model is there now, and uh, there has to be an underdog, and Africa is still the most vulnerable at this point, because Africa does not have um, the outside uh, support like Israel does, um, and China uh, and the United States too, and Europe, they're, they're, they're just uh, uh, exploiting Africa, and no one is coming to their rescue. Um, see, the United States comes to the rescue of Israel, and like um, I've said it before, um, uh, there are more African-Americans than there are Jews in the whole world, not counting um, blacks from the Caribbean, blacks from Africa, just from the United States, and we have more than uh, um, Af- African-Americans than, than there are Jews in the world. And yet, nobody messes with Israel because the United States got their back. Why is it that we don't have that type of unity here in the United States or if somebody wants to mess with um, Jamaica or Grenada or Trinidad or or any place in the countries in Africa that uh, we have a say-so and say no? We don't have that kind of unity. We don't have that kind of power, but we do have the numbers, and and, and we do have the resources. We don't think we do, um, because white folks still are dictating the agenda. Uh, but survival is at stake here now. I mean, we've gone through four, five hundred, almost five hundred years of oppression because we were not ready. They came to Africa.
3: They were ready.
2: We were not ready in Africa, and they exploited us, and we're still uh, suffering from that invasion. Uh, it's in five hundred years almost. Uh, that can happen again. Um, so um, unity is something that we need to um, we need to talk about. And one of the things they did—they uh, in order to make them um, good slaves. You have to get them to the mindset of not trusting each other. And he systematically did that on the plantation. I talk a little bit about that in the book, uh, how um, we got to the place where if a black uh, rises up without the auspices of white folk, um, we'll bring them down ourselves. You know, uh, If you get a Farrakhan uh, saying something, um, we'll, we'll criticize him as much as white folk do. Or, um, you know, that's that's that was something they brainwashed us into incorporating into our culture. Look it up, flawed individual.
0: Thanks for keeping the lights on, Diane.
2: Sing the Asping Ducks, Asping Ducks, Asping Ducks,
3: Ducks, On the Wake Up. Hey, Yurima Karama here with a quick infomercial, and I have a question for you. Are you tired of social media outlets that block real content? I mean, are you tired of your favorite internet truth teller getting blocked or put in FedBook jail? Tired of making a comment and the algorithm quickly deems your comment to be offensive and takes it down? I mean, are you tired of making a post and a fact check pops up, making it look like your info isn't accurate and then it turns out that the fact check is actually the lie? Are you tired of seeing white people get by with racist commentary or posts and they never get blocked but unapologetically black truth tellers are always having their videos taken down? Tired of having to wait a month or 7 days or 14 days for your favorite social media truth teller to get their page back up because white owned social media outlet owners take their content down whenever they feel like it? Tired of black people getting on white owned social media outlets and finding out that the outlet is making billions of dollars but you don't get one red cent of that money? Well, if you're really tired, then you should do as I did and make the switch. Yeah. Come on over to otwtube.com where your content and comments are actually accepted. Also, get the Ureema Karam app where you can stay up to date on real truth that lamestream media intentionally hides from you. Come on over to sites that accept you being unapologetically black. I mean, come on over to sites that love you being free to express yourself. This is why I took my aboriginal, indigenous, melanated ass on over to OTWTube, because I recognize the importance of freedom of speech. I recognize that I would be doing my ancestors a tremendous disservice if I stayed a slave on social media outlets that want to dictate what I say and when I can actually say it. If you're tired like I am, then make the switch now to OTWTube.com and get the Eurema Karama app. Tap into the truth, because that's what you deserve. I am Yurima Karama, and I approve this message.